Today, I'm talking with Joey Repiche. He's the founder and CEO of Joey's Hot Sauce, which, if you've not tried any of his hot sauce yet, you owe it to yourself to try it. It's excellent. He's also someone that stands out whenever I go to the farmer's market as a friendly person, but also a real go-getter. I'm inspired by his brand and his work ethic. He also was in a Netflix documentary called Bad Vegan, which we'll touch on in this episode as well. I had a lot of fun recording this episode. I hope you enjoy it too. And now, Joey Repiche. Here, we got hot sauce in front of us. Everything's going to be okay. Love it. Are we going to do some bumps while we're on the... I'm, I'm down for that, definitely. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. I, I, I don't know if my stamina is as, as good as yours. Well, <laughs> yeah, be believe it or not, everyone always thinks, oh, you must like the hottest stuff. No. But the reality is I actually like the more flavorful ones. And I, and I appreciate that. And that's that. why I strive, you know, even, even the hotter spectrum to where I create sauces that are hotter i still want them to be extremely flavorful yeah well and uh that actually sort of right away leads into one of my first questions is how have you made your hot sauces so much more rich and flavorful i would say than at least the average i mean you you, i i'm a huge fan by the way well thank you i I love your guys's hot sauce i devour it on all my food that's incredible yeah I, i mean it, it, what's funny is that uh, I wasn't a guy that came from like the hot sauce world. You mm-hmm. know, I wasn't really a guy that like used hot sauce on a regular basis. You know, the, gotcha. the brand's origin was out of my wife's need. She, okay. she was like in the store. She wanted to buy some hot sauce and yeah. she was picking up and she, she's adamant about reading labels. Yeah. And what's in this stuff, you know? And yeah. I think we all need to be like looking out for ourselves. Um, totally. So I, she was just saying, oh, this one's got glycosate. This one's got sugar. And, you know, she was just expressing her frustration. She sure. wasn't telling me, I need you to make me a hot sauce. She was just expressing her frustrations. And, and out of that, her need... I, I was like, oh, secretly, I just said to myself, I'm going to make Lisa a hot sauce. <laughs> That's awesome. I love <laughs> and, that. Uh, uh, and I come from like old world Italian. You know, okay. My mom, I'm a first generation yep. you know, kid. And my mom's like, uh, you know, she comes from Calabria. And in Italy, you know, everything was made from scratch. I, I've been there. They were oh, yeah. mountain people. You know, my mom was like poor, came from a poor village, mountain people. You know, they lived off the land. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, everything that they harvest, you know, they, they take it and they, you know, they, they flavorful, you know, they create these traditional dishes, you know, and it's, it's not like, you know, very, um, gastronomy in any way, shape or form. Sure. It's just taking what nature intended and then cooking it with the balance of perfection. So absolutely, I grew up and took for granted my mom's skills, you know, and as I got older, I started to understand how skillful she was, yeah. you know? And um, so I just, I applied that technique to like making, you know, my wife, Lisa, out of love, this hot sauce. And, That's great. And I, not to mention, I also, you know, come back 
and, and I have like a, a, a history of working with all these incredible restaurants. You yeah. Know? And I wasn't the chef, but, but, you know, I was, you know, front of the house and, um, I was like a bartender and beverage director and general manager and assistant general manager at some pretty high profile restaurants yeah. that, you know, that also came from the health space. Not all of them, but a, right. a lot of them came from the health space. So I was inspired by all this stuff happening in my life. And, um, and I basically said, you know, I focused on creating this hot sauce for my wife, Lisa. And, That's amazing. <laughs> you know, so the, traditionally not a lot of hot sauces and a lot of them do, but not a lot of hot sauces. The predominant ones out there don't necessarily roast. Yes. You know, when I was first creating it for Lisa, you know, I was using olive oil and I'm, and I'm roasting and, and I'm just using my intuition, you know, using high quality ingredients. I'm yep. like, oh, I'm going to use apple cider vinegar instead of regular vinegar. And, and I wanted to be very flavorful. So I, you know, I was just blending different hot and sweet peppers. Or, I love that. You know, I was putting no additives, no preservatives, no binders, you know, and I, you know, concocted this hot sauce for Lisa and she was just really blown away. So I'm like, oh, great. I'm so happy. You're happy about it, you know? Yeah. So I went to work and I was talking to a colleague, my friend Mishka, he was the bartender at this restaurant I was working in in Venice. It was called uh, Scopa Italian Roots. That's great. Uh, it's a Chef Antonio LaFalso restaurant. And uh, I was just bragging with, with uh, Mishka and he was just like, well, I want one. And I said, uh, I, jokingly, I just said, yeah, 10 bucks. And, and, <laughs> and he was just like, I was just like, he said, yeah, sure. And I, and I was like, oh, wow. You know, the light bulb went off. And, yeah. And that is really the the dawn of the brand. You That's know? amazing. But, you know. Like uh, higher echelon hot sauce that, that actually really takes ingredients super seriously, essentially. Yeah. It, it's the quality of the ingredients and the fact that I roast and, you know, the balance of simplicity brings greatness was a a motto that, you know, that hit me and a lot of things that happen in my life that are pretty inspirational, like they, they come to my head, you know, it's yeah. not like so much I'm, I'm like a, a think tank or anything. It's sure. more like they, they kind of channel through me. And, gotcha. and even that expression, the balance of simplicity brings greatness. Not only does it apply to Joey's hot sauce, but I think as a motto in life, you sure. know, like sure. if, yeah. if I, uh, you know, it, my mom, the way she cooked, just the, the, the kind of salt that she used and, the, you know, the kind of the ingredients that she, she used and, and the balance of those ingredients and, you know, the level of roasting, like to what extent, how far do you roast that yeah. to get that like natural. That like, extra finesse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. So I, I applied that. all that into the, into the sauce. And, you know, I come to understand like after creating it, you know, I, I had to really pull back my intuition because you know the fda doesn't really want to know about your intuition <laughs> they want they want a recipe so yeah. you know i had to i had to basically get a friend of mine who's like a consultant chef and and i had him like sitting over my shoulder and as i'm doing my thing yeah. you know he's like writing down so the fda has to look at the actual ingredients before you can sell it on uh well well what they whatever what they need to know is like what's in there yeah you know ration wise yeah know, like what is like the grams of salt like what are you know what the sodium right. the acidity like the nutrient information yeah you know they don't care about the actual ingredient list to get like your secrets or anything but, no right no no they, they just need to know 
it, you know, what are the, the nutrients in the bottle? And, right. And if it's being properly made, because, right. you know, in the hot sauce, you really have to take like a, an extensive course, you know, the canned food course that you can either do right. in person or you can do that online. And um, yeah. Because so. you are, um, you're aging the ingredients for a long time, right? Actually, no. A okay. lot of hot sauces do ferment. Okay, yeah. Um, me, it's all fresh. Okay. But, you know, your pH levels have to be right. Right. You know, you have to use a certain amount of, you know, acidity from the apple cider vinegar. Interesting. You have to cook things up to a certain temperature to kill all the harmful bacteria. Right. You know, you're making a food product that you're, right. you know, you're, it's called shelf stable. And, and right. you definitely don't want to hurt nobody yeah absolutely <laughs> with, you don't want with the way that you produce it exactly you don't want some harmful bacteria getting in there right? yeah yeah so was that kind of um a learning process uh the whole kind of fda side of things or or were you kind of involved in products that went to market no before? i definitely wasn't involved with products that got to market gotcha. it was a complete learning curve i love know? that but you know i i definitely was partnering up with you know the the facility I used in Tennessee, you know, mm -hmm. and I was just like, you know, talking to the guy. I'm like, hey, I don't want to put any of these like preservatives. I don't want to put any of these. Like, is this possible to produce this product? And, you know, we he, he advised me on, you know, methods to be able to accomplish that, sure. you know, and I, my pH has had to read. So I, you know, I produced the product and I and I sent it to him and, and they tested it. And they're like, you're good to go, man. Oh, that's like, amazing. Yeah. I so. You know, a lot of times, you know, our food industry puts these products, you know, inside of our food and it's about creating a longer shelf life. It's about, you know, a filler to basically fill the space in the bottle. It's all about cost efficiency, right. you know? Right. And, um, and for me, the primary focus was about quality, you know? And I think that's, you know, the defining difference when you come across a bottle of Joey's, you know, whether you um, are into hot sauce or not, which is you know kind of fascinating because I find a lot of people that don't even like hot sauce are like, wow, this has got super flavor. Yeah, you know, yeah, we have more of a mass appeal, totally, uh, as opposed to like. And then the heat seekers are like, wow, this is really cool. You can really taste all the ingredients. A lot of them are always pushing me to make it even hotter. Don't do it. Don't listen <laughs> to the, them. I, I'm the with hot, you. I the like hot sauce that. community is funny that way. You know, they, they <laughs> yeah. love things to get yeah. really hot. Although I, I agree with you. It's about flavor for fo focused first. Yeah. But I am experimenting. This is what yeah. I brought to you. You know, this is yeah. something that's hotter. And I do. I love that. Uh, the or at least the one I got from you on on Wednesday or Tuesday, um, that one was freaking amazing. Was it, it was it off label? Is it this one? It might be. I'm not sure. Not 100. Did well, I say it was beyond Hella? It might be. Uh, right, so that, <laughs> it, it's hotter than than some of the other ones I've tried of yours. Um, the so, one I I'm so kind of uh, always trying is the 50/50 is probably the most common one that I'm. So this, um, it, it's funny. We're both here. I'm like doing bumps with you on on <laughs> oh. nobody can really see this but i'm basically pouring a little bit of the bottle on on my hand yep. right yep it's almost like back in the 90s for me where i was like i was pretty like out of control yeah. you know and yeah. and i'm glad that i i have uh my life you know is completely different nowadays <laughs> but you know the flavor you know here i are this is one yep. that i called um beyond hella and uh wild river is actually gonna 
they bought 200 of these bottles. That's and, amazing. And, and we're going to like private label Heck yeah. the 200 of these bottles on there. So it's going to be like Wild River Presents Beyond Hella. You yeah. Know, Joey's Hot Sauce, uh, Beyond Hella. So this, I got some of the hotter peppers I was able to get a hold of in the valley. Okay. And then I got these Jimmy Nardellos. I'm not sure if you're familiar, familiar with that. I'm not. I'm not. So Jimmy Nardellos are, it's funny, when you look at a Jimmy Nardello, it almost looks like a cayenne pepper. It looks okay. like it's going to be blazing hot. And it's just the opposite. It is the most delicious red sweet pepper. That's amazing. It's an Italian sweet pepper. And I was like, oh, these are fantastical. So I, I got um, from the Whistling Pig. Is that what they're called? They're, they're out in, in the Apple Gate. Uh, I'm not familiar, to be honest. So, so they're um, or organic um, okay. farmhouse. Gotcha. And if I'm not saying their name properly, we'll probably put it in the credits. <laughs> yeah. uh, I apologize, guys. Um, so yeah, I, I bought these like Jimmy Nardellos straight from them. And That's I amazing. had a couple different private growers in the valley. And so are there a lot of uh, pepper growers here in Southern Oregon? Yeah, um, there are. There are. That's you know, And I'm making more an alliance with them. I've had my first alliance was with Fry Family Farm. I love them. You know? Yeah. And uh, Susie, I love her to pieces. You know, Steve and Susie and the family. Yeah. Um, incredible, incredible connection. I, I love them so much. And I actually produce my product on their facility. Oh, that's know? amazing. That's uh, their commercial kitchen space is what I work at. Gotcha. I was actually, that's on my question list. So that hits that. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. So, so they have like a commercial kitchen space that, uh, is that where they do like their baking and stuff like that? And it you is. just take it over? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So they, you know, they rent it out to like other people who make products. Gotcha. And, you know, I happen to be one of them. Yeah. So, so I, I, I essentially just, um, I have my time that's allocated to me. And I, I go in and, and we got the crew dialed in to the point where we're producing about 900 bottles at a, at a stint. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So how big of a batch is that in terms of, I don't know, gallons or whatever, typically? Um, I'm really bad with that. So five I, ounces times 900 okay, is, yeah, is yeah. what is, wow, is our quantity. That's pretty we're, huge. Yeah. Yeah, Jeez. they have this. It's actually capacity what I can actually produce out of their facility. Okay, because yeah. they have this amazing like a uh, steam kettle. Okay, and the, in the steam kettle, you know, I I essentially just roast everything, then I blend it. It's amazing, and uh, you know, we get a little RoboCoo action, then we blend, then we strain, so cool. then we put it into the vat, and that creates the most consistency, and that is pretty much the capacity of what that is able to hold and in that in one container. How long does that whole process take to, to make a full batch? Nine typically? hours. Whoa, that's a long time. That's impressive. Yeah. Do yeah. You, do you do you have employees that are there with you assisting you? Oh, hell yeah. I couldn't do it without <laughs> them. I, I mean, I have a, quite a team. You okay. Know? I'm a deep... Uh, thinker about like you know many hands make light work Absolutely. you know and i've i've started out with like when i was first doing it and i wasn't doing nowhere near the quantity but sure. it was just like me and maybe two other guys yeah. and you know we were just cranking it out and and we're just you know trying to become the methodology what is the best way to to produce the product to yeah. create the best consistency and you know and so I just, it's been a complete learning curve and I feel like we're like really have some momentum in that. That's right amazing. Now, you know, and now I'm at the place where, you know, I used to do all four sauces in, in one sitting and, and that's a little, you know, 
a little <laughs> daunting in a sense because you know you have to basically spit it, split it off, and yeah. you're adding the smoked ghost pepper, you're putting the embryo, you know, and then you're adding the truffles into the hot, you know, the truffle hot sauce. Yeah. And so there's just almost too much going on. So you'll do all four hot sauces at the same time. I used to. Okay. And now, yeah, <laughs> now that's, that's hectic. I can't now, even imagine. Now, now the fact that we have like you know a nice decent stockpile, yeah. and we keep. So there's no this not this er, um need you know like sure. we can literally just uh, produce what what we need you know gotcha. and so we can mic micro focus maybe two sauces at it well and that also cuts some of your business expenses down right like in terms of you don't have to have like storage for storing up you know uh, backup supplies for when orders do come in right yeah I would say that that's that's accurate I mean I I have my storage bins. At, at the Fry family farm and, gotcha. you know, we keep them pretty organized yeah. and, you know, we really want things to go out. You know, FIFO is the, the whole yep. first in, first yep. out. So we just totally. really keep the facility really kind of organized and, yeah. you know, but then we look at, take inventory. It's like, oh, what do we need to like focus on? And, and being the fact that the truffle sauce is, it's a great mover, but it's obviously the most expensive sauce that I create, yep. you know, and segueing into why it's so expensive. You know, there's a lot of truffle products out there and yep. I put quotation marks with truffle products because, oh, yeah. you know, when you read the label, it says, you know, truffle essence, you know, truffle flavor. And, you know, I, I take the concept of, hey, what would it be like if I actually bought truffles and put it into the Vitamix and yeah. you know, like grind it right into the sauce, yeah. you know, as opposed to adding these like manipulative, you know, truffle, you know, things yeah. that, that they're calling yeah. truffle extracts yeah, and, yeah. Or oils chemicals. you know chemicals <laughs> yeah and i was just like no i'm gonna really go about it like the whole principle behind the brand was to 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 make a product that you can actually read the ingredients and Love that and what's wild about oregon is that we do have a pretty you know vast amount of truffles in, yeah in the more northern part of our, our our region not so much right around here but i do know of some people that that will well they do a lot of morel hunting and then they'll there are some people i think that even do some truffle hunting around here well you should truffles. connect me yeah, yeah. With, with them yeah. I, yeah. I have a pretty good contact this year has been a little tough for it for scott but um he said last year was really rough for him. He didn't quite get the amount. And I went to reorder one time and he was like, I, I only have like three pounds left. Man, that's a crazy thing about that product in particular because it is really dependent on just foraging, right? Yep. Like you can't yep. really grow them in like a yeah. farmed environment. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. That's great though, you yeah. know, cause that's, they they, ha they just need a conducive environment. Yeah. And and then they just, nature provides and, and I love that. Yeah. Um, I do have like a backup Italian like truffle, you know, I have some Italian connections. So. <laughs> but uh I love that. Yeah. <laughs> they are more expensive, but the you know the I tell you the truth, like for flavor component, yeah. Um my truffle guy in, in Italy would probably hate me saying this, but, <laughs> but I honestly feel they're they're right up to par. The the Oregon black truffles that's amazing. are like right up to par with the Italian. And that's truffles. saying something coming from a true Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely take that as a compliment for our state. <laughs> for sure. Um, um so yeah, I love I love that hot sauce in particular. I think that was actually the first one I ever had. Mm -hmm. And uh it made me like a huge fan i i ask any of my friends and family that i'm like always giving hot sauce <laughs> to them and uh and spreading the good word of uh 
of how good your guys' hot sauce is. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so how much uh, how much truffle do you have to put in to make it that, I mean, not don't give me exact quantities, <laughs> obviously, I know it's sort of a corporate secret, but like, is it is it quite a bit or or is it? Um, yeah, it, it is, you know, um, as far as I really don't, wouldn't like to disclose like the exact yeah, amount, no, but, but um, I, it was more about like when I was experimenting with yeah. it, you know, I was just, adding it and, and and then we were blending it and tasting it and blending it and i didn't want i didn't want like to come down to just being all about like the cost it, sure. it really was more about the flavor profile I love you that. know and i landed on a certain amount and and i do use um from saltworks uh you know full transparency i think <laughs> it's really important i i use a truffle salt from salt works that is not with like, cause a lot, I know a lot of truffle salts can also be manipulative, yep, you know? Totally. And uh, so I source a really high quality truffle salt and it's just really to accent, you right. know? It's not more, it's, there's not a lot of that. You yeah, know? totally. Per pound there's, you know, there's like 30, per pound of truffle there's like, you know, 30 grams, okay. you know? And yeah. per pound uh, you get about, you know, roughly around 70 to you know 90 bottles you know per pound so what is the process for you um when you are trying to create a new hot sauce like how do you how do you is it is it a lot of trial and error or is it uh now at this point because you've kind of done it for a while a lot more sort of scientific and you have at least you know kind of ideas of how to approach creating a new one you know, since we're so small batch, what's really wild about our product is that, you know, there's always a variance in colors, you know, like there's no colors that you, you look at that, you know, if you look at Joey's and some people look at this and they frown upon that, but I, you know, since like in the winter, I get my habaneros from uh, Mexico. I get a lot of my peppers from Mexico and then it basically goes from Mexico to California, then from California to local you know yeah so i'm always doing usda certified organic you know that's like my model yeah you know, i just really wanted to create you know no glycosphate it's really important for for me it's really important for me in my life and it's really important for me to put the product out like that so yeah so like and because of that you know if i'm ordering um mini sweet peppers you know that's what i sweeten my hot sauce with there's no sugar yeah. So the sweetness comes from the roasted mini sweets, you know. So cool. But you know the rainbow of color spectrums that these mini sweets come in. Yep. They vary, mm -hmm. you know. And if that's going to vary, it's going to essentially the outcome of the bottle, like the the color tone is going to vary. Yeah. You know? And some people look at that, and and like I said, they look because you know we're Americans. You yeah. Know? We love that consistency. We yep. love that like. That's why know, we all drink Bud Light. Yeah. It, it <laughs> no, looks the same. It smells the <laughs> yeah. same. You know, it's it's just like, and and then also there's variants on heat, like the heat level. Sometimes these totally. Oregon habaneros I get in, these Oregon jalapenos, man, they'll rock my socks really? off. Really? Yeah. That's like they'll be even hotter. Yeah. And, and I don't know, it's, I don't have it pinpointed of like why that is. Right. You know, I don't have that. I, like, I want to say it's the acidity level to some, I mean, I, don't quote me on that, no, but but I, I'll take your word for yeah, it. Yeah, I think please. it might be the acidity level, and maybe it changes. From what I've heard, one thing that can affect that is how hot the summer gets. Yeah, I think 
Yeah. Again, don't quote me. I don't, yeah. I'm not a pepper expert, but yeah. uh, that's what I've heard from some, some people. So because of these like factors that are constantly like shifting and right. moving, um, I really need to be, you know, at the kitchen and like examining, I, I have to take a habanero and like bite into a yeah. habanero and kind of see where are we? Like what, on what level of this heat spectrum is this batch going yeah. to be like, you know? And and will you adjust your recipe yes. based on how hot the year's habaneros are? Yes. Okay, that's yes. interesting. And I, th and that's where I try to create that consistency in the product. But And it's always, what I love to say is consistently good, you yeah. know? Yeah. But th there is a level of variance For you sure. know, on the seasonality of yep. the product, you know? And, the, and so, and I don't, you know, I think that's, really cool about like artisanal small batch you know that. it's it's a real human it's real in tune with nature it, there's like a var it's not like dramatically different sure. you know it's not like oh my god this is a completely different so like right. the, the recipe's the same you right, know it's right. just a matter of you know sometimes i do need to pull out a tray of those habaneros and be like, okay, this tray's not gonna go into this batch because <laughs> this, the, like, the base level is gonna be super hot, hot yeah. if we do that. Yeah. We don't necessarily worry so much about when we're making the hotter hot sauces. For sure. You know, because people tend to love that. You yeah. Know? Your your audience is kind of locked in on the, yes. the hot side of things. Yes. They want you to go hotter. Uh, and, and another technique that we do that I feel like, you know, is hard to scale is the fact that uh, it's very, laborious you know like yep. i haul out the core of the habanero yeah you know and i get the flavor of the habanero without the capsation the core is what they call the the embryo they i don't know i didn't name it that but <laughs> they call the core of the the hotter peppers the the embryo okay and, and that's where the seeds like that's where the the heat really like yeah right. so i'm i'm laboriously taking out the core for the like the lower heat levels and for the hotter sauces, I actually leave the core yeah. in and we blend that into the sauce. Oh, so, wow. That's amazing. That is super manual. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So it's actually less um, laborious to make the hotter hot sauces gotcha. than it is to make the, the milder sauces. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. And, and I've, you know, I've, I've experimented with like scaling back on the amount of habaneros so it could be less laborious. But then you lose that flavor of the habanero. Because like habanero's got such great flavor. Yeah, no, it's amazing. So I want to bring in the flavor and scale back the heat. And and so that was, you know, we landed on making like this intensive, like we're all sitting there just hauling out the core of the habanero and just making a pile of, <laughs> of seeds. <laughs> you know. That's amazing. Um, I love yeah, that. that's that's what it's what it's like to to Jeez. make Joey's. It it it's a uh, a labor of love, excuse me, a labor Absolutely. of love. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so with developing um, the flavor profile, do you, do you kind of first go with um, like seeing what kind of peppers you can actually get your hands on in the first place and then sort of develop a recipe uh, sort of pepper first, or is it, is it sort of in reverse? Like, I, I really want, you know, to design this sort of flavor profile. So let me look for, you know, this type of pepper that, that might have that taste. It's, it's kind of both. We, yeah. we have like the, the quintessential, like the Joey four, you know, we have the three different heat levels and then we have the luxury truffle hot sauce. Yeah. You know, and that varies slightly through the seasonality of sure. where these peppers are being sauced, sourced. And then we also have 
what I love to call Joey selects. And, you know, where I feel like I, I make a limited run on yeah. some of these sauces. Like, does, does this count as one? Yeah, okay. that definitely goes into a limited run. And, yeah. you know, this last year I was trying to partner with a, a dear friend of mine, Alexis, and he was going to be growing these uh, Italian Calabrian chilies, like the, these like amazing chilies that I grew up with. Uh, unfortunately, he, the the yield didn't happen, you know? Yeah. So I was going to make this one that I was going to call the Paisano, you know? <laughs> so I had I these that. Fatalis like uh, like set up for me. I use, I was going to use the Jimmy Nardellos for that one as well. And um, I, I had uh, the, the Calabrian chilies. And we're gonna, we were going to use some black fermented garlic, you know? Uh, my hot sauces don't even have any garlic or onion in it. But for this particular, you know, Paisano, I was going to use this black fermented garlic. Because like... Black fermented garlic, if you've used it before, you know, it's sweeter. You know, yeah. there, there's ways of creating it. People, you know, they put it in dirt and they age it. And that's one way of creating black fermented garlic. Other people just basically package it into a, a dehydrator and, you know, kind of just like, you know, it's man-made. But it's still like great way of just creating this garlic that's essentially just like your regular clove of garlic. But it's fermented to the point where it's sl slightly cooked in a dehydrator or in the ground and it sweetens up the garlic and it turns black, you gotcha. know? Yeah. Uh, so I was going to use that and I was going to make this like thing and it was going to have the, we had the, the Italian flag on the, <laughs> on the label. We were, we had it Oh, We were so excited, but then, um, you know, Alexis, the, the peppers didn't come through and I, and I was looking, you know, desperately to, to get those calabrian chilies but unsuccessfully next yeah. year i have a couple i have a bunch of different people like yeah. planting them for so me you have so. like you have kind of multiple farmers that you that you connect with that way it's a little easier it's a little more consistent at least what what you end up with at the end of the year yeah yeah so, so like that's something that just like you know again always intuition something that i wanted to like i have this vision of a sauce coming through and i just like stay like committed to the vision and can it come out? And sometimes it does. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, the peppers didn't come through on that, but um, I was able to use for those fatalities and I was like, oh, let me try to make something. So this was an attempt, this Beyond Hella, mm -hmm. this was an attempt that we were going to do. We were striving to make this sauce that was going to be called the flamethrower, you know? <laughs> and the flamethrower was going to be to date the hottest thing that Joey had ever created, you know? And um, unfortunately, again, the 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 private pepper growers that I had, the season didn't give them enough gotcha. in order. And I wanted to make it a, a complete local project. So we produced the product and we were like, this is really incredible, extreme, incredible flavor. You know, we only made about 400 bottles of this stuff. And we've been selling them, you know, privately, like uh, to, to to people at the markets, but you know, it didn't quite hit the mark to to justify. We had this really cool label that to, to say flamethrower on it, yeah. you know, it wasn't quite flamethrower status. It was <laughs> it, we kind of called it beyond hella because yeah. it, it's like beyond our hottest sauce is yeah. called the hella razor. So gotcha. it is beyond hella, <laughs> but it's not quite <laughs> flamethrower. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, again, uh, we just creatively tried to like use the peppers, the hotter peppers in the valley, the sweetness from the yeah. Jimmy Nordellos that we're gonna 
originally were, you know, for the Paisano, you know? Yeah. So we just let things fall into place and say, like, we we give it a go and see what what's the outcome of this. Yeah. And, and we loved it. You know, we loved it. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, we were really going to strive to make the, 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 the flamethrower, but, you know, even that, like falling short still created something that we're, ex you know, we're all pretty excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, it's, it, even if it doesn't meet the sort of in, end goal, if it's something unique and tastes delicious, and who cares? It's amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, and, and I love this, the, uh, kind of, well, organicness of the fact that your, your flavors will change based off of the, um, crops and the yield and all that. It's so interesting. I love that. Yeah. So, and how much does, um, the pepper market actually change, especially since you're buying mostly locally during like the winter or, or whenever the off season is again, I'm not an expert. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course the that. winter for sure. Yeah. So how do you get, how do you source peppers during the off season? Yeah, I mean, the beauty of working with Organically Grown, which yeah. is a company that, uh, that was the first. So when we were going to launch the brand, I was living in LA at the time. You know, we, I created the sauce for Lisa and uh, I bought some of the peppers that were at the farmer's market. That was what I was intuition, you know, I was using my intuition to buy sure. some of the peppers at the, at the farmer's in Mar Vista. We, it's near Venice. And um, so I, we looked at, what were you going to do as far as like, where are we going to launch this brand? Yeah. You know, and you know, we had to definitely be able to source organic peppers yep. all year round. California is good for that, but we felt like California was like really like, you know, we were all boot bootstrapped, you know, we didn't come from a trust fund or, you know, I just you know, lived, you know, modestly in my, my whole life. You know, I, I had a great, a lot of great jobs, you know, in New York city, but you know, if you live in, you're making a hundred thousand dollars in New York City. You're kind of yeah. ab above the poverty line. <laughs> no, I, I I can personally relate because uh, my wife and I lived there for a couple of years, and uh, well, actually, she lived there a lot longer than me. And um, it's the only place I've ever felt pretty dang poor. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it is. It's insane. It is my no wife, joke. My, my wife and I's combined income, <laughs> yeah. you know, one hundred and sixty thousand yeah. dollars, and we were just above the poverty yeah. line in New yeah. York City. <laughs> yeah, you can spend at least half of that on just your rent alone. Oh, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. So LA is not too much different than yep. that. So, you know, we did a little crowdfunding and we raised a considerable amount of money on the crowdfunding platform. And yeah. we had a lot of people contribute and they were super amazing. But we thought with this, you know, chunk of change, you know, trying to launch this thing in LA just felt like it, it felt repressive. You yeah. Know? It felt like it was even a harder start. For sure. So we did, we had some friends that lived over here in the Valley and, gotcha. and then, you know, we connected with them. Maybe we can potentially move out here. And yeah. So had and then, you, had you visited to that point? I did. Yeah. Okay. We came on a couple of visits and we spent, I think I had a Halloween here, you know, pre pandemic. And it was, I'm like, the Halloweens are so cool. And, you know, in yeah. Ashland, it, yeah. it's just like they, they open up the street and it's just a lot of fun, you know? And, and like I said, we had a couple friends that lived out here. Yeah. Uh, a friend I know from New York that like moved out here. And so it just felt like, it, this could be, you know, potentially the the place to to launch the brand. Totally. Um, so I did some investigative investigative work. You know, can I get the peppers all year round? And I connected with organically grown, and 
and sure enough, um, from organically grown, you know, the, the cycle is like that, like Mexico, California, gotcha. local, and then back to California, then, you know, back to Mexico, you know? So, um, I was able to source the, the peppers and those like, so the, the specialty sauces I make, um, not only do I, you know, like, um, use local purveyors, I, I also make some amazing contacts with some private growers that farm organically in Virginia. You gotcha. know, I have like a couple, you know, private growers that I, that I know that makes my smoked ghost peppers, you know, so cool. um, so, and, and, you know, they're in more hotter climates and, and those peppers really thrive in those hotter yeah, climates, you know, that's true. and that's why, um, it gets challenging to be, you know, hundred percent local for all the actual, you know, the, the major four sauces, you know, the, the four quintessential Joey's hot sauces, um, you know, when it's all local, it's easy for me to, I, it's just all coming from the Fry family farm, yeah, you know, that's amazing. and that's great to be yeah. able to like have them harvest that week. And then we make the sauce that weekend, yeah. you know, that's, that's a special time of the year. You're cooking at their, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's such a, it's, such a great setup. Yeah. It's incredible. So how did you, uh, how did you initially make that whole sort of network of, um, of farmers and, uh, contacts here locally right after moving? How, how hard was that to do? It was, uh, it, it took time actually, yeah. you know, it took time to create the relationships, yep. you know, it comes, it comes down to, you know, just putting the word out there and, um, you know, the beauty of me, I'm always at farmer's markets, yeah. you know, and, and I'm constantly out there. I love that. Um, you know, you know, that's how I've presented my product out to, to most people to, you know, to taste Joey's hot sauces has been at these farmer's markets. And yeah. actually that, that brings up a question that I actually wrote down, uh, last night. Um, how do you think the farmer's market and that community has, uh, impacted the business and, and, like how much of your customer base is from that group of people, would you say? Yeah, I, I'd say like at this stage of the game, um, the farmer's markets is the backbone of Joey's yeah. hot sauce. Because not only is it, you know, because we're getting into some supermarkets locally, you know. I've noticed. And, and, um, and that's starting to expand more north and a little bit on the East Coast. But, you know, the beauty of them tasting the hot sauce and and seeing the face you know and and on the bottle and and talking to the guy that's yeah. you know at the farmer's market i feel like people really understand the storyline they they taste the the sauce they can really you know get the flavor notes and i after they've had it there you know then they can go to their supermarket and say oh that that's that sauce that's that guy and yeah. i feel like that's just you know created the momentum that I, it, I agree with it, that. It started the roots of it. It was at the farmers markets, and, and yeah. it's expanding. And 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 that's the thing too. It's like you don't want to expand so much because, like, getting on the shelf is one thing. Yeah. You know, um, moving on the shelf is the other thing. Yeah. You, know? you, you really don't want. I I don't want to get to the point where I can't go and do store demos and get get people like the the people who work at the store. You know the customers that come into the store if they're not aware of the brand in an extent of like it's just another bottle of hot sauce on the shelf even though the label's kind of cool thank you zito antonio <laughs> antonio zito is like my my artist friend gotcha incredible artist yeah uh you know it does pop on the shelf you oh, know and actually i was going to make that point is like the i think your branding 
um, really does have that kind of personalized image where uh, a lot of hot sauces I see on the shelf, you know, it's kind of a cool label or whatever, but I won't like sort of connect with it. But because like you said, you're at the farmer's market, I see your face on the shelf. There is something kind of personalized about that that I think is really pretty yeah. brilliant. It's pretty awesome. Like I'll be walking through, you know, the valley and I would yeah. be shopping somewhere and, and people would recognize me that, yo, yeah. Joey, you know, <laughs> and I love your saw, you know, like people, like they see, like he, Zito did an incredible job. You know, the first time I ever, well, not the first time I ever met Zito, but one time I, I one of my encounters with Zito, the artist that yeah. made, made the label, I was at a yoga studio and he just makes these likeness of people who like, you know, capture someone's aura. And, yeah. and he's just so fast and like just dives right. He just, I don't know, that guy channels something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like when I sent him the picture and I gave him the concept, you know, uh, it just, it took maybe like two, three, like, you know, interactions back and forth. And then we just nailed it. That's it amazing. It was just there, you know? Did you always know that you wanted to be at the center of your brand image for the hot sauce? Or was that kind of an idea that evolved? Like, where did that come from? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say maybe my good friend and mentor international, he's, he, he definitely, inspired me to like he, he nudged me to go in that direction you know even yeah. though it was for lisa yeah you know there's just something about you know like <laughs> this thing called joey you know yeah. like this who i am this just like this personality yeah, you know that totally. you know found its way like on the bottle and and um and zito just really captured that because yeah. zito's known me for many years yeah so like we thought you know, even though it was inspired by Lisa and, you know, it says Lisa the truffle queen is, you know, Lisa's hot sauce truffle bottle. Um, we just thought like it just felt natural for, for it to be, you know, because I've been in this personality in the, in the hospitality business for many years, you know, and people would come in and they, Joey, I, I got to know like celebrities and like just really close and like, yeah. intimate relationships with these people that come into the restaurant and longevity, you know. Um, and, and I feel like that translates, you know, this like warmth, this like yeah. almost Italian thing too, that, totally. you know, that's also one of our models when you use Joey's, you're part of the family, you know, cause there's just like, you know, authenticity in the sauce and this like, you know, you know, I'm here to create this like incredible product for you. I, I really want to create a product that you can trust, you know? Like, yeah. And so there's this like connection to like the bottle, you know, my face. And we just felt like this is what it, this is what it should be. It should be Joey's hot sauce. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you've, you kind of mastered the, uh, the branding. Like it, funny enough, my, my previous guest was, um, one of my friends for a long time who's a, a advertising agent and he was kind of talking about all the different steps in uh creating brand image and and the importance of that and i think like you really have sort of exemplified that like your brand is obvious but it's not like annoying or weird or whatever it's just yeah it is what it is and it is you to some degree <laughs> i love that i think it's super cool yeah you know it's it's funny you know about branding you know there's there's people like that are just like in think tanks just 
trying to contrive like how what can they sell to like what can they push down yeah. the, the the throat of people you know the the audience what how can they like manipulate you know and our brand story is just an honesty yeah. about like i want out of love i really wanted to create this sauce yeah. for my wife and you know and i, I used all of these skills in my life you and know? I, I think it really does help that you show up to the farmer's market all the time because it backs up that claim like I'm here. Yeah. I'm, there is no front happening. Yeah. I'm the CEO. I love that. I think that's super cool. Yeah. And I don't, I never want to lose that. Yeah. You know, I, no matter how much that we start to grow, I, you know, I, my team con continues to grow. You know, I got Bobby on my team and, you know, Carter, these are two like leads and Yamir, these are like guys that yeah. have like been, you know, behind my brand and helping me be like expanded. And, yeah. but like, I, I just, I, I, I go there and I, I'm, I still have to be like an intimate part of like, you know, what we're doing in the trenches. I think yep. it's important. You know, I have to look, think of a, a, a bigger picture, but at the same token, I can't lose sight of yep. the vision of like being in the trenches, yep. you know? I totally agree. Uh, I get, I, I'm very closely connected to the product. So how did you um, find your kind of head guys uh, and women uh, that are that are in your company? How did you, um, yeah. Uh, it's an organic process, yeah. you know, I've had, um, it's been, you know, challenging, you know, like, um, challenging because like, it's, I, I've never owned a, a, a product. I've never put out a product before. I, yeah. I, it's been a complete learning curve, you know, yeah, throughout totally. the entire process. It's so there's been like times where it's been like, you know, what do I do? Like, it's just <laughs> like, you want to pull the hair out of your head. And then, you know, finding people to consistently show up has been challenging in itself. And, yeah. you know, being the leader that, and being the leader that you want to be, yeah. you know, like, you know, it, to create the environment, like, you know, I've come from a background where, you know, I've had bosses that have been challenging people to work for, you totally. know, and I never wanted to kind of just emulate their, that behavior. I, you know, I, now that I've come into a position of being, you know, the owner of this business, like what experience am I going to give my employees? Yeah. You know, it's really important to me. And, you know, A, it's also given me insight to, you know, a lot of the people that were really hard to work for, you know, I have more compassion for them. For and, sure. But at the yeah. same token, I, I also have to hold this level of standard to be able to like rise above that and create... Yeah like this like honor and and respect and and like camaraderie you For know sure. and i feel like you know it's taken me a while to get to have like the team leaders that i have and and they're great you know they're and they're happy you know they they we love making sauce together yeah. you know you know are I they trust involved them. are they involved in the actual creating of the sauce yeah i love absolutely that. absolutely i i trust uh, <clears throat> i trust these guys and you know they know they've been around me long enough and I've been side by side with them long enough to know, they know that what they need to do, yeah. you know? And, um, and, and, and Carter even knows like sometimes when, when it comes down to numbers and ratios and like bringing bottles, it's like, I got scratch my head sometime. And I'm like, what do I got to do here, Carter? <laughs> and then Carter just comes through and go, okay, great. That. Thank yeah, you. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> surround yourself with people that can, uh, that can you know make up for your lackings and yeah. vice versa yeah yeah because yeah. you know that. like i said i'm i'm not like this chef that is sure. like you know scaling out a recipe you know right. I, i'm like this guy that uses his intuition 
which in one hand meant, you know, can create amazing stuff. But on the other hand, you know, it, it, it lacks, it's, it has, it hits walls. So I need to surround myself around people that can, you know, fill in those gaps, you know, and, and I can play off of my strengths and I can always learn, but I'm, I also know that I have strengths, you know? So, uh, did you, did you kind of have the plan or, or, uh, inspiration to become uh, a business owner for a while? Or was that something that just kind of hit you when your, your wife, uh, when you started making the hot sauce for your wife? Um, I, I tried to, when we were in LA, I was really thinking about like getting a conceptual regional Italian, uh, vegetarian restaurant. Like I, the thought of like being a, a, a restaurant tour yeah. was one of my first like ideas of grandeur, grandeur. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, that, pretty much hit a, a hard brick wall you know there were things that were moving into place that were falling into place you know i got to meet a couple of people that wanted that wanted to support that idea but unfortunately the chef that i was going to work with at that time was kind of scared about you know branching out of the restaurant that she was working in she sure. thought so like you know that just dissolved it might have been a blessing in disguise because oh, yeah. of covid I can't even imagine owning a restaurant during that time period. Yeah. That's You're absolutely crazy. right. Only the real strong restaurants that I know that were savvy enough to be able to have the either you know financial capital to kind of endure that storm and you know the that were able to come out of that and still yeah. like a couple of the restaurant I used to work out work with in in Venice they you know they made like an elaborate outdoor seating area and then now post covid like they have they're still operating out of that like outdoor seating and they have the indoor so now they've basically doubled the side of the entire restaurant yeah the, um, the savvy restaurants almost benefited from it to i mean during covid definitely not no. but but post covid yeah maybe a little bit yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's more of a strain on the kitchen yeah you know because like you you basically doubled the capacity for seating but you didn't True. double the size of the kitchen that's you know? a great point yeah <laughs> it can be like yeah you know pretty the chefs are running out the door like <laughs> hell no <laughs> i don't i'm glad i'm not in that environment yeah. to you know chefs are already like a handful <laughs> a lot of them are yeah and um and i'm sure they say the same thing about me but <laughs> but yeah like i can imagine Imagine the pressure they're under if they're having to do double the capacity oh, and the yeah. same amount of kitchen, kitchen size, you know. So how did uh, COVID affect your business? It was challenging, man. Yeah. Like I, right when we were about to launch the business is when COVID hit. You yeah. Know? We, we celebrated our third year. So so we had COVID as like, okay, you know, launching a brand in the midst of COVID. That's, you know, so most of the, you know, we did the campaign and people got bottles. So a lot of that was just fulfilling the the campaign bottles, just getting those people who contributed towards the campaign, getting their sauces yeah. to them. And, and then we had the holidays that were coming up not too far. And we essentially did some online marketing and, you know, we were selling to the people and, and it was moving and, and I got into a commercial kitchen space and talent. Then we had the Alameda fires and that knocked out that commercial kitchen Jeez. space. So Poor we had, timing. Well, yeah, it's just, you know, but you know, we weathered that storm. That's and, amazing. And we persevered and the, out of the kindness of some people, you know, that came to the farmer's market mm-hmm. that contributed. And, you know, the, my old uh, landlord, Tauntaun, he was like, 
super kind and and he contributed towards the the products that i had lost inside of you know the the the, the you know not the products the the, the machinery that right. i had lost you know yeah. that, that was stored at the commercial kitchen space and so you know we continued to persevere then then we had all these crazy fires on top of that and that particular year was like even hard to be outdoors in in the farmers markets and that's the bulk of my finances were coming in from there yeah so you know uh we just barely hung on you know and the first couple of years you know it's hard enough to launch it but you had additional covid the additional additional smoke you know but we somehow managed you know sometimes barely managed to, to yeah. keep moving forward you know yeah. and um now we're in our third year you know we're taking larger strides you know we're taking larger partnerships you know with in the valley you know um rogue naturals is someone i just started partnering up with tom and and tom has like a nice list of like small organic like you know stores that are like not too far and and um you know just partnering up with a distributor that way and and you know market of choice has been always a, a great partner i i love those guys yeah. and you know god bless god bless those guys like the local mojo like, so actually on that topic of of getting into markets what um what is kind of the process for that do you do you typically reach out to them or do they reach out to you or <clears throat> it's a then, little bit of both you okay. know a, yeah. a little bit of both uh, the first i think my first um uh like wholesale account happened to be um the rogue uh creamery the rogue yes. creamery tom yeah. was coming to the farmer's market so and cool. you know i got to let him taste the, the sauce and he was just like this is great would you consider it and i'm like would i you know and i didn't even know who and what they were and and then i'm like come to understand that one of these notorious like award-winning cheesemakers they literally <laughs> won the best cheese from the french themselves that's crazy it's so awesome Here you know the and, and they're and they're embracing my sauce so yeah. i was just like wow this is so incredible so from that you know uh i knew somebody i was just like posting online and a friend of mine that I knew from New York City. Amazing. Like a, a friend of mine I knew from New, New York City. So we were like, it was a restaurant I used to work in. It was called Pure Food and Wine. And if, if you've seen Bad Vegan, you see me in that documentary. It's a crazy story. But nevertheless, we were a sake cocktail list. And and I got the sake from Oregon that was called the Mamokawa sake. And, and, and that, I had this awesome relationship with this guy called Dewey. And then Dewey left that industry behind and he was working with market of choice and then he was like hey oh small can, world. I, can, can i connect you to john from no market way. of choice that's amazing and, and and i basically presented it to him and he's like you guys like love this branding and i love this like this is awesome like, yeah he, and he said let's let's move forward with it no so way. we just dove into market of choice you that's know awesome. that was all 11 stores Jeez. and what's awesome about them you know for like the small guy it's like, you know, you don't have to worry about the shipping. Yeah. You, you drop it off at one store and they they distribute it internally. That's amazing. All of the stores. Okay. Yeah. That, that definitely uh, cuts down the logistic overhead. Yeah. No yeah. I mean, it, either you have to inflate the price, you know, and that can make the product a little bit harder to move. Yep. You know, so they, they just made it like a lot, you know, a lot less, you know, r rigorous to get the product out. For sure. So yeah, you know, we got them and I would just travel and just try to see if I can get into 
some some like you know sun natural that's in eugene yeah and, and um i just would travel and just like try to present the sauce to different places the one you should check out yeah. uh that's becoming kind of the market of choice of i lived in portland for a little while uh is um i'll i'll think of it and i'll let you know but it's there there's probably like seven or eight of them in the sort of portland area they're very upscale kind of Whole Foodsy, but but you know much smaller. They're not you know all over the country, and um, their clientele is very similar to kind of the um, market of choice people. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Once so you get that name, you definitely yeah, send yeah, it out to you know. me. I would, I would love to, you know, and and it's just been like kind of an organic process. New seasons. Oh, new seasons. Yeah. Yep. They're like a certified B Corp. They're uh, very similar, sort of everything to to market of choice so and, john yeah. from market of choice yeah. used to head their division which the local project no way yeah he used to head that division over there so yes it, it is on my list okay yeah i, I really wish i had an into there yeah if anyone's listening yeah. please. eventually they, <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah definitely definitely yeah. I, yeah. I think we would do well there i think you know because a lot of people love that connection to yeah to like the region and like it's a, still a part a of pro- oregon yeah that's a, great a product made like locally and yeah. like just small batch and love that you know like just the way that we produce the product i think it would resonate with their audience totally so yeah I, um it's been like a slow organic process yeah and you know we want to ramp up and you know partner with the right distributors and produce enough of the product but it's important to just really you know, the quality level needs to yeah. maintain, you know, we really need to maintain the quality level. So, uh, yeah. Do you think that your experience, uh, working at a bunch of different restaurants in New York and LA, um, kind of fed into the skill set that allowed you to pro- to run this company to the point where it's at now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, my whole life has been a, a byproduct. I feel like, you know, times that in my life that felt like really challenging to be in um you know like i mentioned because playing around earlier you know i i messed around with like drug and mind-altering substances and those things there were times in my life where my life felt like unlivable you know i was i didn't even call it a life it was like a miserable existence i feel like that even offers like a level of you know insight and and level of compassion a level of like humility uh in my life that really makes me who i am today you know so so it's just like it's pretty deep i feel like all my experiences you know in that world and in the world of all the restaurants that i was in you know the the boss that i want to be you know the boss that i i never had or or some of the bosses that i i did have that you know maybe had made some poor poor mistakes in their life to destroy their their careers you know just try to learn from everything in in my life and just really like see the value in in all of it see the value in the challenges you know and and i think that ultimately you know through that you know adversity i feel like brings the depth and personality and character and and wisdom and insight to help us to get to to where we need to go you know keeps you vision yeah into where we need to go and it makes you who you are yeah no i love that i think that's super cool and it's so true every uh every challenge in our lives kind of pushes you to the direction that you end up in and and usually for better uh especially if you come out on the other side okay yeah and, and it's hard to see that yeah when you're in the midst of the fire you totally. know 
you know, going back to New York City, you know, I, I worked at that one restaurant for a good 10 years, That's you know, wild. I, we watched it go from nothing, you know, it was yeah. like really a nothing burger. It was a restaurant that was just barely surviving yeah. you know, to a thriving, you know, $7.5 million That's a year, crazy. you know, establishment, you know, and I was part of that collective team that yeah. helped, you know, pull that, that, us into that like area where we were leading you know we were the yeah. the leading fine dine you know raw food vegan mecca like people were coming from all over the world no exaggeration to to come and see what we were up to you That's know crazy. like between the chefs and the cuisine and the sake cocktails the innovation we were doing things we had an organic biodynamic wine list before it was even remotely even it was like yeah. frowned upon almost like laughed on in the wine industry and now if you now look it's at the wine, everywhere yeah, yeah everyone has to like everyone's emulating that yeah. like that you know biodynamic if you talk about rudolf steiner's principles that's that was our the the team training like we just talked about you know steiner and talked about you know all these amazing wine producers that were really embracing these to understand what terroir was about you know that's to amazing. understand where you know you could plant the seed of tomato and you put it in different the same seedling and you put it different parts of the world you you get a completely different you know tomato depending on the soil the sun that like you know you just looked at that and you looked at like that and varietals of wines and you just see that like there's so much like richness to like being in alignment with the earth you know so yeah so like that training from like those days you know we that translates into like me having this understanding of how important it is yeah for me to like look at where these peppers are coming from to look at the quality of these peppers you know that it's a byproduct of the yeah of the sauce i love that so where did that um where did that uh inspiration for the um the sort of organic everything before it was even cool uh in the wine sector and in that in that restaurant that you're working at in new york where'd that come from who was the inspiration or who who kind of drove that as the uh, i mean matthew and sarma were the two wine uh, i mean not wine they were the two restaurant tours right we're like diving so matthew comes from like a really you know restaurant tour like he was like the darling in New York City for a long time and he was opening up restaurants and and Sarma didn't necessarily come from that but they were a couple and they got together and they pitched this concept they tried doing raw food for a little bit yeah and then they 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 started really like saying oh wow we feel really good about being raw food it just feels great you know yeah. they they kind of they got the glow is what what it's called what it was <laughs> called and they just went down that rabbit hole and they pitched this concept to Jeffrey Chatterow, who was a you know restaurateur. He just opened up. He was just a, a very wealthy man in New sure. York City, and he got behind the concept. So you know, I think Andrew Chalk. He's like this notorious wine salesman in New York City, and and he had like a small repertoire of like organic wines, you know. And it just started slowly building, and you know, we wanted to contrive a whole, so I didn't come in, I didn't launch the restaurant, yeah. but I, I quickly came into that position, yeah. you know, to essentially take over. I, I was the beverage and wine director okay. at yeah. the restaurant. So I didn't necessarily, I wasn't the dawning of, of conceptual conceptualization, but I right. definitely embraced it. And, 
and just like train the staff and that's so dove cool. into the you know what makes these wines special made the connection to all the growers you know i, yeah. would, I would have all these people coming in to the, you know and i would do these like little video like iphone video you know them talking about their wine and and try to train the staff and 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 just dive into what makes this varietal so special this blend of varietals what why is it what is the importance of organics in the wine industry because unfortunately you know when organic wine first was presented to the audience of people like it was really only for people who were only thinking about organic yeah you know totally uh, it wasn't really great wine makers you right know? It was, yeah it was a slow like it, it was getting its steam from like the fact that it's organic no one actually really cared well didn't not care but they they maybe weren't as focused on the actual taste yeah right it was more just the kind the of skill, allure the, the that art. it's organic exactly right. they gotcha. weren't like these artists that were creating wine right but then as more and more visionaries came into you know looking at like the importance of terroir and how do you actually create that connection to the to the region the best way to express out of that region you know practicing organic practicing biodynamic yeah you know that that if the wine if the grapes are thriving out of that region you know by these practices then you know the outcome of the the wine is going to just really give you the best expression of that terroir yeah and only a handful of like wine makers really saw that you what, know? what is this word terroir i am not familiar a terroir is uh, the ground like, okay terroir like um i think it's it's french okay it, it's origin i think even in italian too it's just like regional like okay like yeah the dirt right the and, and how it changes based on the the location the yes. climate and all that okay yes gotcha. yes 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 that's cool yes yes, yes. so yeah you, you just you know you were you saw there was a handful of like winemakers that understood combining these two elements was how you were going to make yeah you know superbulous wine yeah and like when i first was working so i had like a long history with that restaurant you know my job was a pr basically percentage of like saying no to like so much of the organic winemakers that came you know because they would <laughs> yeah. present and be like and i'd be like it's just not hitting the mark. Like yep. this is terrible. Yeah. Like you know, it's on organic, paper, but that's not all yeah. we're looking for. <laughs> on paper, it looked like this is great to be here, and then you, right. you 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 know put it to the palate, you put it to your nose, and it's just like no, you yeah. know. So like that was basically my job was like ninety percent of You're like the just pushing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> no. But then the ones that we did say yes to, and a lot of the partnerships that we had yeah. with some of these winemakers. Um, you know, they were just like, you know, we just got behind them. And, and we started to become known to having like this like notorious organic biodynamic wine list, you know. And, That's amazing. and we had a, a legend on our wine list, you know, that had a B and it had a V, vegan wine. Because like yeah. there's a lot of like egg whites that they use or fish inglises that they use as part of the process of making wine. Sometimes it's just like culturally sure. how these products are were yeah. being introduced into the wine. But, you know, our clientele was vegan. So they, and then, but a lot of vegans didn't even know that their wine wasn't vegan, you know, like, uh, like gotcha. in Spain, like, uh, I think, uh, Sangre de, de Toro is like some of the wine, like 
blood of the bull and and they would literally have like the blood of like it was like a cultural like that's (laughs) so you know and a lot of people who don't really even care and still to this day they don't even care um you know because but you guys were kind of one of the first to sort of sort that out yeah like hey look it's like there's a legend on here this this wine's vegan that so describes too like how your that job kind of played into to this path because it was very focused on like are, are the ingredients actually explicit? Are they even really yeah. declared? Yeah. And like getting to the bottom of that. It's so absolutely, interesting. Absolutely. And there's all these crazy like pesticides and yeah. like, like the wine industry is like filled with sulfites yeah. and like, you know, preservatives. And it's like, I mean, sulfites have to be in the process of making wine, but the amount yeah. of sulfites that they actually add into wines just to create like a longer shelf life and they yeah. don't have to really put their, their heart into it. They, they've just like... And that stuff's like not good, you know? No, (laughs) agree. It's just not good for the body. Totally. So how did you end up getting that job? Um, Were you kind of in the, were were you like into um, being a sommelier or something like that before that? No, no. It's funny. Like, you know, I just showed up for the gig. Like, in fact, I was like denied uh, even getting hired the first, like my first interaction with matthew he, he saw the tattoo on my neck and yeah. and he kind of, at the time it wasn't like like nowadays like everybody's got tattoos yeah. you know even though new york was more progressive a tattoo on the neck was kind of like you're drawing the line like <laughs> tattoo on your finger tattoo yeah. on the neck you can't hide it anymore yep. you yep. know and i remember my tattoo artist elio was saying you sure you want to do this you know like because at the time it was it wasn't common yeah and people like really like they judged you so um i remember matthew being very hesitant and and like i had to wear long sleeves there so wild for the longest time you know and well it's funny too because that that especially like sort of the vegan uh um i don't know the they're more typically the edgier uh types of restaurants just especially thinking back to my experience in portland like mm-hmm. that's kind of the vibe at most of those places now but maybe now, it wasn't yeah back then so you know funny. this is going back what um like 15 years ago yeah you know? and yeah. and like you know and we were like a fine that was a thing about pure food and wine it was like presented as this like fine dine experience yep. you know so we were kind of breaking the mold of what people thought about eating a vegetarian, be vegan, you know, sure. and see raw food. And we were really trying to like curate this, like, you know, you know, linen and, you know, like steps of service, you know, yeah. like we were just trying to curate this like experience. So like, you know, tattoos in like that environment wasn't really embraced. Gotcha. And although, you know, after I was hired and uh, the, I remember the first time I was my interact one of my first interactions with Sarma, which was Matthew's partner at the time. Yeah, you know it was in the midst of summer, you know, and I wasn't even behind the bar at that. I was just a waiter, you know, and I don't I don't mean by just a waiter because I yeah, know yeah. that's a really intense job by sure. itself. But I was waiting at the time, and I went and um and it was sweating, you know, it's like the summer and we have this outdoor garden, you know, so we're just bringing food back and forth and, and, you know, just running around and, and you're in the middle of the garden and like Sarma's like, uh, what's up with the long sleeves, you know, cause everybody was all allowed to wear like, yeah, you know, black, you know, button so you up, st- button up but like, sh- you know, short sleeve. And I, yeah. and I basically, you know, took off the, the button and I show, I have this like long sleeve yeah. of like tattoos and I yeah. was like, 
well, you know, I was told that I'm really not. And she's like, oh, because she's like, let me talk. Well, we'll, we'll sort this out. Yeah. You know, and I, was yeah. like, I said, okay, cool. That was one of my first great interactions with her as a boss, you know. But yeah, what was the question? I kind of went oh, off yeah, a train of thought. Yeah, there. Where, how did you initially get that job? Oh yeah, so like I, I just I was present. You know, I I was persistent. Yeah. So at the time, I was looking for a restaurant that you know I come from like a small mom and pop restaurant in Midtown with Michael and his wife Karen. You know, they were like farm to table. Gotcha. Great little, great little Midtown restaurant that worked in, like in a, in a hotel and we were like building a clientele right around there. Then I just became a, reg, a vegetarian, right? And I had this like shift that I was like really into vegetarianism. So I was like, I wanted a restaurant that was gonna, and I'm not a vegetarian any longer, but yeah. I wanted a restaurant that was going to like, you know, be more uh, a part of my lifestyle. Sure. So I, I heard about this restaurant and I was like, wow, this is really cool. The other ones that were around town were kind of just really small and just, you know, a vegan restaurant wasn't on the scale that Pure Food and Wine was. So I I went and I applied and I was asked back and I was denied and then I, I was persistent. And, yeah. and that persistence actually got me into the gig. That's amazing. And I went from like just, you know, at first serving, then from serving to like taking over, filling in some bartending shifts to like, you know, becoming the predominant bartender to becoming the beverage director to becoming part of the, you know, I just, my work ethics yeah. and just like, you know, my willingness to learn and observe and absorb yeah. um, and just like train the staff and, and just, um, you know, like I just kept pushing myself and, and that's how that's I got into that position. I didn't, I didn't start out there. So you, you, you pretty much learned the whole process of w what that job ended up being uh, just on the fly. I mean, which is similar yeah. to being I an mean, entrepreneur uh, as well. Yeah. I, I was a bartender. I went right. to bartending school and there was like a managing, you know, level in the bartending school that right. I went to, but by no means like was I, you know, we were kind of cutting edge for like yeah. using organic juices for like cocktails. Like the bartending, when I, when I was trained as a bartender, like the bartending industry was just all about everything from concentrate, yeah. you know? Like the whole um, renaissance of like, you know, bartending from using like craft cocktails to like quality ingredients. Like that was a surge that happened while I was in Pure Food and Wine. So that kind of, I feel like we were, I wouldn't say inspired at all, but right. we were kind of ahead of that curve. Yeah. And and I kind of got lost in the sake cocktail like world. I, I, abandoned my like bartending skills like as far as like being a bartender in a, in a bar yeah i think i would have probably you know come along with that culture because i really have a lot of like respect for what the bartending industry you know i like to say devolved you know because it <laughs> went back to its origin as opposed yeah. to like all this like fake synthetic yeah you know like juices and like you know it just it became like bartending became in, in my era I'm, I'm like i'm an old man i'm 52 years old so yeah, you don't look it. i <laughs> thanks I, that actually surprises me i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so yeah i came from that school where bartending yeah. was just real like 
you know, everything came from a can. Yeah. Every, you know, you had all of your Cambros had the the canned juices, the preservatives, you yeah. know, and you had these cocktails that were not made from fresh juices, yeah. you know, uh, not even the lemons. Isn't, you know? it, isn't it interesting to, to have watched that whole progression kind of sweep through the whole country? I mean, like now you can't really go too many to too many cities without seeing like at least one restaurant that has kind of a high end maybe not organic but at least like non-concentrate yeah. generated uh you know drink list or whatever yeah. it's so interesting that that culture just completely took off in in such a short time frame yeah yeah and we we were doing that cocktail sake program you know using the juice from like the farmer's market yeah like there was this farmer's market that was like right down the block and we so would cool. like this like we would buy these concord grapes in the concord grape season you know we would just do these seasonal cocktails you know w when you you weren't able to do that like nobody was yeah. doing that at the time that's wild i love that it's it's so interesting too how like the culture not always but generally follows what new york is doing uh mm -hmm. throughout the rest of the country eventually yeah. it, it kind of ends up coming here <laughs> it's true so wild it's true it, New York is a trend center. Like yeah, definitely. Kind of is. But I think Oregon is kind of a weird microcosm where, uh, especially Portland, but hey, with, with what you're doing, I think it could set a trend, hopefully, uh, where we do kind of set some aspects of culture, I think, to some degree, over at least on the West Coast. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, Oregon is so beautiful, like the nature and and i feel like you know their art terroir uh you know has so much to offer i really want to partner up and make all of these like limited editions of my sauces you know i want to partner up with a lot of the private growers and and make these small batches you yeah, know I love my that. scotch bonnet one you know yeah. I, I may have put that out this year's my second year and putting that sauce out and you know i really want to partner with a lot of the pepper growers in the valley and um make more of that yeah you know, make more of like you know creation you know that yeah. i feel like i'm i could be creative and and keep things kind of exciting in the brand totally because like these are things that you know you have to really know it's not just the regular sauces that you see in the stores you know we're we're partnering with wild river and yeah. we're going to create like you know i'm i'm going to do like a, a beer like an like we're talking about making a beer hot sauce oh, together, <laughs> you know, and and I just love that. I yeah. love you know partnering with people in the valley. You know, uh, Bird and and Rye, you know Neil, uh, he took on my sauce. You know the you know Morning Glory. So I love being a part of the community yeah. of of people in this valley. You know because they really see the importance and the connection to to people that are actually producing these products as opposed to these like mass produced products you know we need to support local yeah agreed local is like you know the focus that's how we get out and, of this like and it's better tasting too that's yeah, the funny thing yeah. it's like you're, it's a win-win you're supporting your local economy you're supporting local people but you're also it's just it tastes better and it's better for you like yeah. why not yeah yeah, it's totally a win-win. Yeah. I agree with you a thousand percent. I love that, you know? and I I hope more and more people can embrace that. You know, mm -hmm. and more and more people. I I see people at the farmers markets. They get that, you know, and and I think that 
you know, culturally, you know, I think making the correlation of what we're eating, what we're putting into our bodies and how we feel, you know, there's a total correlation there. Yeah, so absolutely. It, you know, we, we need to build our own immune system. You know, yeah. like I like I said, I love the Valley for many, many reasons. Uh, I've, if you told me like, you know, 25 years ago that I would be, you know, this this guy jogging into the mountains and encountering bears and, and seeing <laughs> reindeer, like, <laughs> I would have like laughed at you. Yeah, but no. like, I can't even fathom my life, you know, otherwise right now. No, I just, absolutely. I love like just, you know, physically just running into the mountain, like the, the endurance it takes to like run into like, you know, vertical running straight uh, up into a mountain yeah. and, and like how much it takes out of me. It just keeps me so yeah. vibrant, you know, and the air when it's not smoky is just incredible. And when, yeah, when it's not smoky, yeah, yeah, when it's not smoky. <laughs> I think that's a good, a good uh, point right there. Yeah. I definitely try to avoid the smoke as much as possible. Oh, really yeah, hate that. It gets so but, bad sometimes, but, but other than that, it's, I mean, it's pretty much, I think it's pretty much an ideal spot. Yeah, here. I love the Rogue Valley. Yeah. I, love, I love your space here too, here in Medford. It's beautiful. Oh my gosh, yeah. We He's really... got some incredible views here, folks. If you're <laughs> able to see out. No pictures allowed. No one come up here. <laughs> no, we, we definitely don't. We can't complain. It's lovely here. Um, so uh, back to uh, the Netflix documentary. Um what like what was it like being on a documentary i mean that that's pretty wild it was that yeah you know that was it that was a very important time it was a crucial time yeah going back this was a way back in our conversation but sure. going back to um you know like at the time when these things some certain things can happen in your life yeah that feel like it's this is wrong yeah it feels like this shouldn't be happening you know like I worked so hard in this restaurant for 10 years and to to have it like basically go from that the height of its career yeah. to just like being completely chopped down and and like you know gone you yeah. know you know you dedicated all this time and effort and you think that's all gone to waste you know the voices in your head just like the anger the upset like you know and and it was really hard for me to see you know oh that that you know, I wouldn't be here where I am today if totally. it wasn't for that, you know? Yeah, isn't that amazing? I wouldn't be where I am here today. You yeah. Know? And it's hard to see it then when for it's sure. happening. But, it, you know, like it was incredible working at that place for so many years. Yeah. You know? And that's why it was so painful to see it demise. What was the question again? Uh, just just the, what was it like being on the documentary? But I, The I documentary itself. So like, yeah, from that happening in my life, um, I felt like it was... Um, it was important for people to see like my perspective, like my experience, sure. you know, you know, this woman, Sarma used to like saddle up at the bar and, and um, we used to have conversations and, you know, she was like, you know, I considered her like a, a friend and, and I feel like there was a part of me that didn't know what was going on with her life, that she wasn't open with me. And, and and there was also a part of me that just felt like betrayed by her and you know and um, a lot of people felt betrayed by her you know she betrayed herself in that whole entire yeah. process so it was it, it was um you know i didn't know it was the the 
producer of like other like really famous documentaries like the tiger king and whatnot you know chris has his own lens where he likes to tell the story sure um i asked like what do you what you know what are you actually looking to do and he said you know he's in the pursuit of truth and you know and i was like open to the idea of just like can we find the truth um from my understanding like you know it was cut in a way that didn't necessarily, you know, boil out the truth, but you know, a lot of it created a lot. In fact, a lot of people walked away feeling like I felt like there were more questions than actual answers. I actually I agree with you on that. <laughs> when I when I watched it, I felt that way after yeah, that. It's end. like what? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah. and they they choose to omit a lot of stuff that was kind of on the psychology, like some sure. experts that were in the field that didn't really get brought in that maybe could have given us more context to, yeah, you know, that would have been helpful. I think so. You know? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they, they have to cut these things to make them viral and like, you know, mysterious and like, you know, you know, it's a business, you know, and and he had, and he has a skill set to, to create like number one viewed documentaries on on netflix you know that was a number one documentary for for weeks you know and i in one hand i was like you know there was no compensation for me you know so it's (laughs) not like i I got a lot of people like oh you're in that netflix i'm like i made no money (laughs) yeah you know yeah and 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 a true documentary shouldn't really be giving money to people because it's more about like you know there's people want to really express their end so I, i got you know, great exposure. You know, yeah. I got to talk about my, my sauce. Do you, you get know. recognized a lot? Uh, I did, you know, yeah. not, it's pretty much died down at yeah. this stage of the game, but yeah, for, for a while people were really like, Oh my God, you know, and, and it definitely <laughs> like boosted up my Instagram following and, yeah. you know, it brought more awareness to my sauce. And, hey, that's great. That's, yeah, you that's know, a plus. It, you know, and Sarma had been, you know, she's the one that's in the documentary. She, she, uh, she was like, you know, supportive of my, my sauce. And I did some interviews and podcasts. Are you guys still in contact at all? You know, um, I can't say the relationship as, you know, I, I have like more of a piece inside yeah. of myself, but I can't say that we have like, a a, a great relationship sure. even after, the outcome and even yeah. after the insight, you know, I don't blame her, but at the same token, um, you know, I, I'm sure it's like really hard to, to, for her as well, you know, for sure. Um, you know, people say, Oh, she was in on it. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in on what, like destroying your life, you know yeah, what I mean? Going like, into a lot of debt, <laughs> <laughs> going to jail. Yeah, like she has the money stash somewhere. Yeah. Like, like I, you know, that doesn't make any sense yeah. to me, but, yeah it's wild it was crazy being on that documentary it was yeah it was great and, and it was like healing in, in many ways and even the people that there was like some woman that like uh interviewed me that does like crime and ana- analysis and and her insight was really you know it that i felt like that was healing to me too like yeah you know, she did some crime you know coercive control is what she called it and like it gave me a little bit more context of what you know Sarma was experiencing, and and some other people's takes, and then some, you know, comedic takes too. I have a friend Brian Callen, and he's got he's like a famous comedian, and and he did like a, you know, a podcast basically ripping. He did a segment on like just like 
going after song like just making like this laugh like saying like just really like going after her but at the same token he's like hey my boy joey's in this documentary and, he, <laughs> and his hot sauce is amazing i've you know and he like pulled up my website on his podcast oh that's and, amazing Heck yeah gosh. and you know so there's just been a lot, a lot of highs and yeah. lows and yeah. the whole process it's you I know mean, it's, it, so it has to be a little bit maybe not nice but interesting to have gone through that kind of traumatic experience of your your you know longtime career sort of having issues uh and and then having like at, at least some resolution to the fact that like at least people are interested in this and you get to talk about it and that sort of thing yeah right yeah it, it, uh, it was it yeah. was i felt like it helped me like really close that chapter with more yeah. peace yeah for sure imagine. you know it, it presented the opportunity to also to make me see like you know the value of everything that i you know there because your head, the ego, the 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 voices inside of I think every being, there's a part of you that just like really wants to just make you feel like it was like a waste of time, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, just but it's like, not. It, yeah. Uh, and I've come to understand like you know that's just a lot of resistance inside yep. of us, you know. Totally. Um, and uh, if I feed that voice, like you know, my it kind of taints my my current circumstance and yeah. it doesn't help me like be, you know, to see the value of it and just to progress and to like move forward in life. It, it, totally it pulls me back, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just another step to what your journey is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A, a, a cool um, guru. I used to like, you know, like med I did some meditation work. I've been to India. Like he used to talk about the question mark. He goes, "Don't get don't get caught in the question mark." He goes, "It's like a hook pulling you back," you yeah. know. And 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 I I'm like, like that. "Oh, that's a pretty cool perspective," you know. Just yeah. it's like straighten it out and turn it to an explanation point, you know. Like yeah, I think that is a good way of looking at it. I like that. Um, so actually, back to what your job was uh, at at that restaurant. Um, how does that? How does that fit in with the sort of wine scene you see here in the Rogue Valley? Um, would like would you say that there are a decent amount of sort of <laughs> wines that might fit into that? Um, what something that you might have? You know, used? when I was actually at the restaurant, I, I can't remember the wines, but I know that we actually used to source some of the wines that, that came out of here. Yeah, ah, there, there cool. are a lot of like you know private growers that are really into you know Steiner's uh, principles. Um, yeah. Um, I think Cowhorn is the only one I know of that for sure is biodynamic. Uh, that's in the Applegate, but uh, and in complete transparency, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I I'm an active member in recovery, so I I, I gotcha. really do, I I wouldn't know about the wine world anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, good for you. Though. Yeah, that's thank awesome. you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, congrats. I got that's a amazing. nice foundation. Yeah, and some good amount of years. Yeah, you know, that's um, huge. Yeah, and and you know I have a lot of respect for you know winemakers and, Absolutely. and and I think everyone needs to. I don't look at it like the whole you know people drinking wine. It's been a part of culture for like for centuries, you know. Yep. And I think there's a lot, but you know I just know what it doesn't work for me anymore. You know, totally. Like, um, yeah. So I, no, it's, I, it's yeah. I don't judge anybody in, sure. in their life, and and um. Uh, but I'm not on the pulse. Uh, yeah, I'm just not on the pulse of what's happening in the valley around that. No, I get that. That's awesome. I I, I applaud that though. <laughs> I mean, it's good to to know what works for you and what doesn't. Absolutely. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Cool. Um. 
What are some lessons that you've learned along the way in in terms of business uh, that maybe if if you were you know right at the get go of your business you could, you would have wished you knew that. Uh... Uh, to be honest with you, I just like you know I I I think if I would have known how much adversity prior to like having the ambition to start the brand like how much how challenging it would be i probably wouldn't have like maybe even dared to to move forward yeah um i think just not knowing was uh was a kind of a blessing in disguise <laughs> blessing cuz <laughs> i you know i'm you know my life is more about like the next right indicated action like i i focus on that you know it's it's something that I've learned in, in my life a skill set so much, so to speak. So um, I had the tendency to be compulsive at times. You know, my wife is really an amazing partner, not only the the in my life, but in my business, you know, and she helps me see how, you know, maybe I could say that, like not to be so compulsive, to be more um, strategic and just to look and partner, like not... To get away from like this solo commando, I got this, I can do this, totally. you know, maybe to stay away from like, you know, charging forward, which is, it's good to have vision, but, you know, it's good to like get out of your own, like, you know, like get out of my own way and just really partner with, you know, my my wife and, and my my guys that I work with and, you know, to just expand my my vision and broaden my vision and and be receptive to people around me to help me broaden my vision. Yeah, you know? totally. So I think maybe in the first like earlier stages, I was more just like horse with blinders, just like <laughs> driving forward. And that drive is good, but it, I I'd say like you know i've i've become more um expansive in that in that drive and, and more inclusive in that drive and yeah. it's actually given me more perspective and strengthened me more yeah i love that i think that makes a lot of sense yeah i just wanted to ask what what is the vision of the future for for joey's you know i i really want to see the brand to expand i really want people to be able to have access to the, to the sauce you know throughout you know the united states and even further abroad you know i i spoke with uh brandon he's a friend of mine he's one of the co-founders of oculus and you know he's like such a, a fan of ours and you know i know him through the restaurant he's you know such an incredible guy he just wants to support us so we're just like going to be doing a, around the funding and we want to find people that are more interested to help to get you know joey's to the next level to really get it you know and expand the brand and yeah. and to get i mean i see myself like making you know chips and and like beef that. jerkies and like you know not just hot sauces but you know let's just keep with the hot sauce for now make yeah. make some of those like local products you know extenuate on that to make more like joey selects sure you know create more um, brand awareness get more strength behind distribution more strength behind direct to consumer on marketing tactics online totally you know and you know to just get people that have like a really great business sense to drawing a part of the team to you know we've done everything on the bootstraps you know thus far and i really feel 
with all that we've accomplished here in the Valley and that we continue to accomplish, that we keep growing, you know, every quarter. It's pretty amazing how the brand keeps growing every quarter. You know, I feel like the momentum just needs, you know, more people with, you know, skill set and finances to help us to, to really ramp up everything that we're doing to, to help people to really see the quality of the product and, yeah. and to make that connection to the food and, and to the sauce and to help people like eat healthier and, you know, to cook with it. And, you know, I just want to see Joey's and, 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 and everybody's kitchen. You know? Yeah. I just really want to see, I see that there's so much potential here, you know? I agree. Absolutely. I think that's great. Um, well, I'm excited to see it, you know, on the East Coast someday and or in Italy or something, you know. Yeah, awesome. that would be that would be insane. Yeah. Maybe to go back to my roots. Yeah, how awesome would that you know, be? It's just like uh when Joe Bastianich was uh, you know, he took his his winemaking skills and like the people he partnered with and you know, and he co-founded like uh Italy in New York. Oh and, yeah, I love that place. That place is awesome, yeah, you know. It really great. was awesome, especially when, and for them to open one up in and actually, you know, in, in Italy, yeah. you know, it was pretty like... They they opened in Italy in Italy. That's hilarious. It's insane. <laughs> I love that. And it was embraced. You know, yeah. he's really, really embraced as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I, I love that entrepreneurial spirit in him. And um, I just see myself being able to like partner with people that, you know, get the vision, uh, understand the quality, understand what we're doing and yeah. to expand the brand. Do you um, have any people that you think of that that inspire you um, that have inspired you towards this uh, career path and just in general inspire you? Oh God, I mean, inspiration. Um, I I can't say that I I see anybody that is doing you know what we're doing sure. in, on the sauce game. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot of like, you know, um, food brands that have like, you know, put some high quality products out there. It's funny. I'm just drawing a blank right now. <laughs> I, <it's, laughs> well, that we can leave that for the next time. Well, Mark. Hugh, there's there's a good example. Hugh. Okay. Hugh used to be a restaurant in New York City, right? Okay. And they were like a paleo restaurant and they were really focused on like looking at the ingredients. Yeah. You, know? you look at the ingredients and what's going on in Hugh and you know they would have this like the, their advertising in the store would be really funny they would show like ingredients of their almond butter like you know almost like a reese's peanut butter cup like they would show like a big banner with their with the ingredients and it was like real simple you can read it and then they wouldn't even say anything they would just put the ingredients list in a reese's peanut butter cup and just like listing off <laughs> all the in insane ingredients that are inside all of yeah. them and and it was just like it was like a opening moment yeah and, Although their restaurant didn't survive COVID, um, and I don't know if they, you know, demised prior to COVID, I'm not sure about what happened to the yeah. restaurant. But they definitely branched out with the brand that has a chocolate bar That's that so cool. is like really incredible. Thrive is another like company that I'm really like I, I really love what they're doing. They have more of a, like an online subscription. People just order their products that are high quality. You know, you can so get cool. you can get like. Um, you know ethically raised you know regenerative beef and yeah. stuff you can get like you know atlantic salmon you can buy all that stuff and it gets delivered to your house you, you can buy like, food products you know 
sauces. You can buy things that are like, you know, the, the quality bar is up there. So I think Thrive has a great example. I think Hue is a great example. And, yeah. and they, they became nationwide. You know, they, they're really selling a lot of, of uh, product. And, you know, organic, Organicville is, I think, a, a really great hot sauce as far as like the integrity and the quality of the product, you know. Sure. But as far as like the flavor, you know, I don't like to talk bad and poorly <laughs> on anyone, but I just, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's not That's for fair. me. But I admire their integrity to, to the quality. Sure. You know? I admire what Yellowbird uh, has done too. Like that's another hot sauce brand that, you know, not all of their brand is out there that is organic. You know, a lot a lot of it is. They do have like some organic sectors. Sure. But they're not like, you know, as as adamant and committed to like the organic and, and the quality. Well, you know, quality is subjective. Yeah, but yeah. um, you know, I don't I don't like to talk but poorly upon anyone but yeah I, I i admire what they did they're, they're extremely successful you right. know uh and i think you know a lot of people say the the hot sauce industry is kind of saturated but you know there are only a handful of people that are doing it the way that you know joey's hot sauce is doing it yeah know? and that's the thing is once you kind of come up with a disruptive uh attribute that is unique to an industry it doesn't matter if it's saturated you yeah. can still break that, through that means people are interested in the industry you know right? they're, yeah they're interested in the in in the genre you know absolutely it, it, just because there's a, there was a lot of uh metal bands doesn't mean there's not metallica you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah and if, if metallica took that same sort of line of thinking that would be a pretty detrimental thing to the world you right. know it's crazy yeah shout out to my boy rob he's <laughs> from metallica he's oh nice he's, he's an yeah. amazing dude cool. i love him nice and his son his son ty is an incredible he's got a band called otto nice big joey's hot sauce supporters there you go. <laughs> that's amazing well maybe they can like wear a, a badge or something while they're on stage sometime yeah, i think sweet. they're gonna be releasing their album soon oh cool yeah. heck yeah i'll have to check them out that's sweet well, since this is called the uh, Rogue Creators Podcast, I figured uh, I'll ask you a kind of the questions that I, I sort of ask everyone, which is just like, what uh, what do you love about the Rogue Valley? And uh, what would you change if you could? Wow. Uh, I mean, earlier, like I said, I love um, all of our four seasons here. Yeah. I love like the fall and the beauty of the, the nature and um you know, I just love living in like a region that really embraces like uh, the farmers in the, in the valley and 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 understands the value of um, products that are made within the valley. I, I love that about this, you know, where we live, and and I love that, you know, in a whole. I see like there's a lot of pockets of that in in Oregon, and um, what would I change? You know, I. <laughs> I yeah, it's funny because like after saying all that, you know, I don't see as many like um, places to eat that are like in yeah. alignment with that. Yeah, you know? like, I agree with that, actually. Uh, you know, um, there are a couple, but I just feel like the potential for that can be so much more, you know. Totally. Uh, I think I think the audience is waiting for that, you know, and there's just not enough of it in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. Totally. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um well, I think that kind of 
hits all the questions I had. Thank you so much for making mm. the time. This was an absolute blast. Well, thank you. I had so much fun and I, I hope too. we can do it again someday. I'd love to. Find oh. me back. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs>